This is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this! The only podcast where the host actually admits to driving a minivan. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be sh- And now your host, TJ. And here we go again. It's the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. And we're going to call this one the And That's Why You Don't edition. I'm joined tonight by Managing Editor of Hot Time in Old Town. We've got Pat with us tonight. Hello. For late night show, what, what do you got going on? Uh, just fire hangover. Um, it, was a, it was a busy quick turn between the late night red stars game and then the early fire game as we're recording this is thursday evening so we're recording the fire played this morning uh and that was a, a roller coaster of emotions tj and and, and it couldn't agree more <laughs> it truly was i mean yeah it was for a long day for teams. you for both teams absolutely for both teams and i mean i was up in the middle of the night finishing my my full game recap with quotes, which is up up at Hot Time in Old Town. Um, that took me till two or three in the morning, and I didn't, then you got to give it one final look. But yeah, a long night, a lot of emotion is spent on the spent on the Red Stars, and then just to get in the fire game and have it turn out the way it did. Rough you, you night. Know what it rough, felt rough like? day. What you know what did what the it fire feel game like? Felt like? Uh, it felt like the. U.S. men's national team not qualifying for the World Cup in that in going into both games, you basically knew there was a very high probability that the team was going through and everything would be fine, that only a crazy situation of um, bad things happening could keep uh, them out. And literally lightning struck in Orlando today and uh, everything was downhill and very bad for the fire after that. It was, it was like, well, it can't be, you know, it, the, at first they weren't scoring and then there was the lightning and you're like, okay, well, they played well. They had dominated possession. They had way more shots. You know, it'll come, it'll come. And then they came out completely flat, two defensive lapses within six minutes of each other. Uh, it's two nothing now. And you're like, this can't be happening. And then CJ scores his air quotes goal. And we're like, okay, maybe we're back in this. And then the, the referee thought otherwise um, through VAR and uh, this fire, which had a 93% chance of going through before the day started are now going home. So, you know, day. It, it is. And it's funny you mentioned you mentioned the U.S. national team, men's national team, and how the game related to that. It, I felt the same way that it did relate to the men's national team, but from a different perspective. And I, the perspective it hit for me was actually the game itself. When when the U.S. men play Guatemala, some you know some of the, Trinidad and Tobago, some of these other teams, they get ten and eleven behind the ball the entire game. Yeah. The, the U.S. is able to bring it into that final third. And then not do anything with it. And then not do anything. Yeah. And this game felt exactly like watching them unable to break down the Vancouver defense. And it, it actually 
took me back to a fire game of two seasons ago, maybe when they went down to Orlando, Orlando went down to nine after two red cards, 30 minutes, within oh, the first God, 30 minutes yes. and the fire couldn't break them down. Same yeah. concept. Like just, it felt like a, the, the game today felt like the fire were on the power play the entire time, but they couldn't find a way to break down the Vancouver defense. And, but you yeah, never, the, the but before the, but this, this third string goalkeeper for Vancouver, his distribution was so poor the fire weren't even having to win a 50 50 ball to bring it down and start the attack again at one point. Like it was, they were, they were on the attack and they were creating shots of some kind. They outshot Vancouver 25 to four today. Uh, but the shots weren't good. It's not like the goalkeeper stood on his head. The, the third string goalkeeper I have, to, uh, Thomas Hassel, is that his name? Sure. Um, we'll go he, with that. Uh, Fair enough. Uh, he was fine. He did a good job, but it's not like we had a Tim Howard Belgium performance today. It was, it, this was all the fires doing and we can be mad about the VAR decision and say that that kept them out. But really, do you think that they deserved it? It's sort of like we all got mad when the, the phantom ball crossed the line for Panama Um pushing them over the, the goal differential and, and putting them in the World Cup instead of the USA. But do you really think that we deserved it then? And, and it, again, like for all the goodwill that was built up with that first win against Seattle, and even in, in the San Jose game, they were outmatched by a better team, but there were some positives you could take away. This was a lot of possession. This was, this was watching Arsenal, basically. This was, uh, this was possession – and sideways passes and nothing in the final third, just nothing of, of substance. And, and then a dumb, you know, it may be Calvo and David Louise are kindred spirits. I don't know, but um, it, it poor decision-making mental lapses on defense. And, and I, I actually, you know, looking at both goals, I don't think either one were horrifically bad defensive mistakes, but. And, and uh, I, I, I'm going to start. Yes, they were. they were. The first one, Pineda got destroyed. I get it. He's young. Yeah. He makes mistakes. Yeah. He got pretty well taken out for a spin. If you want to be a center back in Major League Soccer, or if you have ambition beyond Major League Soccer, you cannot let that happen. Now, that said, yes, Pineda got smoked. They were both good balls, though. Both goals. They were, there was, there was, it's not like it was completely Chicago. Vancouver made a great play on both of those, but they didn't necessarily make a great play. How great of a play is it when you, when you get spin the center back around and and then, and then, and then the other center back, good old Calvo. Why why are we spinning on a through ball? Like it's, he he got, he was wrong footed. I mean, he, whatever it was, he, I think he was expecting it to go. The first one specifically, I think, maybe expected it to go to the go to the flank, and it came down the middle, and he got spun. Now, my problem with the first goal, and I'm going to compliment my older brother on this one because you know my older brother up in Minnesota is the one that warned us. He goes, "I warned you guys over and over again about Calvo," and the two goals. I thought the second goal was Pete Calvo in the negative sense. He said the first one. He go, and I go, "What are you talking about?" I go, "Pineda got taken out for out to dry." He goes. Watch Calvo. And I did. And Calvo's effort to try and get into the play and rescue the play 
was absolutely horrid. I do think he, that's accurate. Yes. He I, jogged his way into it. And my older brother, his son is a center back. So he's, he likes to watch what the center back does so he can use his teaching moments. And that was one of the things that really drove him and the fan base up in Minnesota, United, up in Minnesota nuts for Minnesota United when Calvo was there. Calvo's effort to recover lacked at times. And in a game you need to have that, if that's your captain, that should not happen in any way, shape, or form. You can compliment I, you can yeah. compliment Vancouver on the goal, but if my tournament's on the line, I'm not jogging half-ass to get there. And that was a jog half-ass. And th- now let's go to the second goal. They split Pineda. They split Calvo. I, I at first I thought Calvo was the one that kept him on sides. Calvo put his hand up, but they he really was on side of the both of them. Pineda kept him on side too. He split the both of them. But to see that hand go up was the other thing my older brother always said about Calvo. He goes. The second he gets through, his hand's going up, and he's going to look for offsides. Whether it is or isn't, it can be not even close. He's still putting his hand up. So that was bad enough. He splits the the defense. Kenny, I'm sorry. Kenny's not getting out, getting off that easy. As a goal, somebody who's played goalkeeper, you get beat five hole like that. I, yep. I get it. It's quick. Make him beat you to a side. Don't make. Don't give yeah. him the shortest. Don't, shortest don't distance between two points is a straight line. You gave him the straight line through. And there was no way Kenny was going to be able to get that ball. His legs were spread way too far apart for where he was. Goalkeepers are taught you come out with your feet close together to avoid that purpose. So if they try it, it's going to go away. And then you can go down to your sides to have it be that spread wide. Horrible technique. Go back to go back in the film. I'm pretty sure Kenny will want that one back. So that puts you down to nothing. And now you're fully chasing the game in a game you shouldn't have had to chase. Which brings us to the off the handball, the goal, Sapong, the scramble in front falls in the goal. We think got it back that they're back going through, only to have VAR take it away. Now, I said this on Twitter, and I'm going to say it again. For all the compliments, ESPN was kissing the asses of pro referees. It's clear and obvious. Look at this. We're so much better than England with the clear and obvious. And then they jack this up. You cannot call that clear and obvious. I don't care if you think it hit CJ Sapong's hand. And based on the new rule, because it hit his hand and it led to a goal, you take it away. You cannot say it hit his hand first off that video on That's, any angle. Yes. Right. And if it hits the defender's hand onto his hand, then you've got to give that penalty because that's what caused it. Right. Or you just play it through. And that would have been because the clear, it's not clear and obvious goal. That's what should have happened. Pro refs, you screwed it up. You completely jacked that one up. You've been pretty decent. Although I felt the ref today was pretty, eh, they've had better days, we'll say. I felt like his calls were weird at best. Like there was the, in the second half, you had the the boot up, uh, up I want to say on Herbers, and maybe it was or maybe it's a Pong's head that yep. didn't get a penalty. And then Jimenez has one a couple of minutes later and get, I, I believe even got booked for it and it wasn't even close, near the same. Yep. 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 So the fire, go home. but again, back to your, we'll go back to your premise. Did they, did they deserve to go on with their performance today? No, no, they didn't. Good teams find ways to win that. You want to pack 11 behind the 10 and 11 behind the ball. You find a way to break them down. 
if Robert Barrich is supposed to be this creator that he was, he should be able to find a way to break it down. You need to hit the tar- hit the damn target. The best shots they had weren't sa- weren't saved because they were launched. I over think the they, bar. I think over the bar. I swear they were over trying the to hit the ball. They're trying to hit the the spaceship Earth over at Epcot. Yep, it, it was it, it was stunning to me that like it was even even at the lightning break, even at zero zero, you're still like, yeah, if they're going through. I mean, it's going to be fine because they still had to give up two goals. Yeah, and they didn't have they. There wasn't the opportunity for them to flatten. They were playing with enough intensity. They were playing with enough on the front foot. They had the flow of the game. When that goal, the first goal was given up, that tenor changes exponentially. Vancouver now has a shred of confidence, has, has some confidence. They know they can, they're back into it. They're mm-hmm. doing something. Where it, at 0-0, no lightning break, it's it's the status quo. Fire going to stay on the front foot. Vancouver is going to keep trying to defend. I don't think, I, I don't think, um, the results the same. However, it was rightfully pointed out on ESPN that it seemed like Vancouver was keeping the forwards that could do could win get, win the battles one on one to try and open the game up. Were saved until the second half, and maybe that was part of the strategy by Dos Santos. And I, I'm a big fan of of Dos Santos um, with with Vancouver. I, um, I I remember him at Ottawa. I remember him being around the NASL. I believe the NASL. Um, I, th- I think he's a fantastic coach. I, he was one when they hired Ponovich that I thought the, the fire should have looked at then. Um, yeah, Mark Dos Santos, I think he's a good, he's a decent coach. And I think Vancouver's in such a state of transition. He got stuck kind of with a, a bat. you know, he came in, wasn't, um, didn't they still have the kid, the one with Byron? Wasn't he still there when Dos Santos came in? Uh, yes, Alfonso Davies. I believe Alfonso they did Davies. I believe I believe they did overlap some. Yes. Not by much. I, I want to say it was a few months, may, maybe a month or two. But I mean, he probably came with the expect, expectation of having somebody like Davies, and then not to have him. That's a pretty big deal. But um, it's a game you got to win. This is the San Jose. We could talk about that if you want. I I, I don't know. San Jose. It's it's like. I want to say losing to Vancouver sucks because that's the fire were win. better. Correct. That's the, the fire were a better team than Vancouver. It, they weren't better than San Jose. No. Now did San, did you now Santa playing San Jose? Well, let's finish with the Vancouver game. Cause I do want to touch on the post game. We talked about that. The fire could not break down the, the white caps in the final third when they needed to. One, Which is why people were shouting for Georgie Mihalovic left and right. Correct. But Georgie Mihalovic didn't make or he's on the bench, but he didn't he didn't make an appearance. And Wiki's postgame comment that you that you picked from him, and, and that was a great question to get it was a tech technical tactical decision. I know Georgie's a good player, I know Georgie can help us, but there is certain things I don't want to talk about. I don't want to talk here now. I have to talk about that internally. Georgie's a good player, and I hope in the future he will help us. But I took the decision in these games not to start him for multiple technical, tactical reasons. Yeah. Um, if you hear Wiki's quote, and I, I should clip it and post it on Twitter, 
Um, it's even more uh, telling it, it, than reading it. I, I read it back after I put it out there, and I'm like, people were still kind of wondering what was going on. And, and, and I'm like, I, I think that, you know, hearing it is, is more telling. And so I, I should do that, but he, he really sort of paused and stumbled. Um, and wiki, I, I've interviewed him now many times and he's a very smooth, thoughtful, smart guy. And on that one, he didn't quite know what to say. Um, I, I, all I can say is probably that, there definitely is something going on, and I don't know exactly what. And, I've, and he- I've heard some different things from some different people. Um, so, so basically, what you're saying is, yeah. stay tuned to Hot Time in Old Town. Yeah, it's it, when he, when when you dig it out, it, when you dig it out, you'll definitely get something up, out for that. Now, the way I I read, and I have not heard the quote. I I've only read it. What I read away took away from it is. I know Wiki and his system are very, very, you, you need to play the system. There's not room for a lot of flexibility within it. He has a certain way he wants things played, and he's not flexible. And he set his team's mentality to not be flexible. And for those that were claiming how bad Herbers was, and Herbers crossed, clunked enough crosses today. Yes, that's true. Herbers plays his wiki system well and i don't think and i think that's why herbers keeps getting his getting run out he plays the system well is he good that's debatable but he plays the system the way it's supposed to be played and i think that's why he's getting breaks and that's why and that's and that's what i took away was georgie and even aliceta leading up to this have not played that system in in training the way that that wiki wants it to be done and that's where we run into issues for, for both think- of the players I suspect that's probably fair. So, and, and kind of, and let's kind of touch on San Jose because I, I, I started into this and then we kind of, I wanted to wrap up Vancouver, but playing San Jose to me is like playing Navy in college football or any trip or Georgia, a triple option team. One, you know, that man to man marking, no matter where you are, that player is going to follow you is weird. Kind of like playing a trip. You don't know how to, you can prepare for it, but you're still not ready for it until you see it. The fact that Vancouver or San Jose, excuse me, has some talent this year to play that system. They screw a lot of teams up just because you're not used to that system. And then they're good to go with it. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a problem. And then didn't that game turn into pretty much a hack fest as well? Yes. And it was the fire doing a lot of the hacking, too. Although San Jose had a there was a fair amount of shithousery from them, too. So. <laughs> Um, and, and I appreciate using the term shithousery because that is a term for soccer that needs to be used more. And that was the best way to describe that game. I remember we were texting and you called it shithousery. And I'm like, and now I'm all here for it. I love good shithousery. And San Jose did it well. They got, they suckered the fire in, took them any sense of discipline they had away. And there you go. And that's kind of what was the final nail in the coffin for that game. But it, I want to see that team do well. I really do. Like, if, if since the fire are out now, like, I was. I was impressed with San Jose. I thought San Jose was going to be garbage going into the year. And uh, I, I knew they were, you know, they, they had some quirky. Yeah. And, and, and I, I didn't realize that they were so good possession wise last year until Wiki pointed it out. And I went back mm-hmm. and looked, I'm like, damn, he was right. Well, those, some of those West coast teams, you just don't see a lot of unless Wando scoring four goals on them. So, um, 
Well, and Calvo got to watch all of them because he watched them go right by. So, yeah, there, there's that. That was the worst game I have seen from Calvo. And I saw up close Clint Dempsey ruin Calvo left and right uh, in a game at Soldier Field between the U.S. and Costa Rica. I feel um, like today, I feel like today's not going to be is one of them that should be up there as well. Probably. Um, he's uh, yeah. I, I, I'm afraid to go back and watch this one. The, the today's just it may be one I don't go back and watch. I'll tell you. Um, I'll tell you I like him as a guy. Mm. The team obviously loves him. He's the captain of. Yep. He's one I, of the. I, he's I, one I, of the inner circle. The player, which. Yes. Which is what. Which is what my brother had always said about him in Minnesota. He's. The team loves him. They love his attitude. He's great with uniting the team. He's fun. He's he's yeah. I like I like him as a guy. I like talking to him. But though, like I said, the goal today, I guess, is that's the downside of Calvo is it was somebody else's fault. It was going to be Pineda's fault, and he was going to make sure he didn't get involved, so he couldn't be blamed for on the first goal, the second goal, the hand went up right away, and that any chance he had, he, I don't know if he would have caught him anyway. But that's that extra split second to put the hand up is that second you don't have to to react. And again, and then Kronholm decides to leave the five hole wide, wide open, like, and that, that's that. So, so you like, you like San Jose. I do. I wish them well. I, I like the team that's impressed me so far in this tournament. I didn't expect Columbus crew. Caleb Porter is on to good. They look yeah, good. They look, they do what look good. The, they're making Jossie Zardis look good. Like what is going on? Maybe they, maybe, you know what? Maybe it's one of I I I'm speculating because I don't follow the Columbus crew regularly. I suppose I could probably track down somebody who does, but I feel like maybe did Caleb Porter figure out something like a glitch in, you know, a proverbial glitch in uh, Zardes' swing, like figured something out, and is because Zardes' first touch doesn't look awful as often. His it's. I mean, he's always I like good. Caleb he's Porter. A... I, you know, what's funny is I wanted speaking Caleb of shit, speaking be... of shit housery. <laughs> yeah, I wanted Caleb Porter to be the national team coach mm-hmm. instead I think we of there. Triple G. And I think it would be funny if Caleb Porter succeeded Triple G again and became the national team coach after doing well with uh, this. Would it be, would it be even funnier is if Caleb Porter succeeds Triple G and then takes Triple G's son and puts him on the national team? <laughs> That would be entertaining, yes. But you know what? I, I give Caleb Porter a ton of credit. He, I, he's got, I know one of his coaches is Ezra, Ezra Hendrickson. Ezra Hendrickson um, was with Siggy for the long, Siggy Schmidt for the longest time in Seattle. He coached Sounders too. He went with Siggy to LA. He's a bright mind in MLS. He played for a thousand years, I think. I think he started, I think he, I think he was a player manager. It's, I don't know, but I feel like Ezra was around forever. And we got to do a Zoom webinar with uh, with our with our club. And I think I probably mentioned this on the show before, but seeing what they and we got to see how they broke down Burhalter's um, as a Jay Ber, Jay Ber, not Jay Jay's that's the, his son his son's game and things that they like these are things he should be working on. Here's here's the things he did well. Here's the things he should be like. This was like a forty minute presentation of him going through this tactically. On what get things Burhalter needed to fix in his game, and it was, it's fast. And if they're doing this with every player, yeah, they're going to find some stuff. And no, I, Columbus Crew has really impressed me. I don't know if I feel real bad about Atlanta going home. I really don't think I do. Nope, nope feel great about that. 
LA Galaxy are going home as well, correct? Uh, yeah. I think they just wanted to beat. The, I did. I just think they wanted to beat the traffic. So, yeah. So there's. Yeah, it's um, it's been a good tournament. I like the tournament. It's been fun. It's been Sebastian, something. Sebastian Burhalter. Sebastian, yeah, he's a uh, nineteen-year-old. Yep. Probably going to be a good player. Greg was a pretty good player. Greg was a good. Greg was a good player. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if he's a bad coach yet. I don't, I don't think he was bad in MLS. I, he wasn't bad in MLS, but. No, he's Greg is um. I, I think Greg is the the negative opinions about him kind of are because of his brother because of the family uh, connection and, I was and say the overall negative negativity toward us soccer I, I don't know that wait people don't like us soccer that is a thing that i've heard yeah i i feel like we might have touched on that once or twice between the minivan dad soccer pod and us fan tv i think we touched on that once or twice and i don't feel like they've gotten much better <laughs> Yeah, I don't, yeah, that's hard to say. So Columbus has impressed me. I, I agree with you about San Jose. I didn't expect much from them. Do you really want to bet against Seattle? No, that's the thing. Seattle's like, oh, we're maybe we're not going to qualify, and then all of a sudden they're just going to show up and win. That's, that's it it feels do. like it feels like a Seattle. Th- it feels like a Seattle thing to do. Yeah. Um, did anybody think they were really going to win MLS Cup last year? They did. I think once they got into the playoffs and you saw them, you're like, okay, yeah, they're going to be a tough, you know. I mean, I, I can tell you that I will be uh, cheering for Montreal Impact. Oh, sure. Because you're. Because, yes. Because they have Thierry Henry, yeah. Because they have Thierry Henry. And so they are my team now that the fire are gone. I will be wholeheartedly cheering for Montreal Impact. Um I, I don't know if I can bring myself to cheer for that yellow effing team. I don't think I can. I guess I, 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 could, I could cheer for Montreal and just give three-fifths effort because it's, you know, the exchange rate will allow me that. Um, you know what's funny is is in doing the the soccer journalism job, mm-hmm. my fandom, I'm still a fan of the fire. I'm not ashamed to say that. It, it's, it, it, it I, I wish them well for sure. But like my my passions about other teams and my hatreds and my um, it's all kind of fading away. And I, which is kind of nice because it's, it's, I've, I've said this before on this show with the Bundesliga. I, I, I enjoy watching Bayern. I enjoy watching Dortmund. I don't have a very strong favorite team in the Bundesliga. Sure. And I kind of like it that way. Um, that's kind of how I feel about MLS these days. I just kind of enjoy the overall product and, and the craziness and quirkiness of it. And, um, and and this tournament has been nothing short of insane, yeah. and I and I and I'm here yeah. for it. I'm here for it. Yeah. Those I, and you, I those that hate MLS on Twitter, the soccer Twitter are always look how bad the play is. And I've said this before, I don't care about the quality of play if it's entertaining. Yeah, it's you, fun. It's our league. It's it's our it's our thing. Let's and I mean, because I've watched games with Real Madrid and Barcelona that are boring as hell mm-hmm. yeah. technically brilliant but boring as hell yeah i mean you you've got shithousery you've got drama <laughs> albeit not to the level of nwsl drama which we'll, um, we'll get to we'll get to that i i, I do want to i want to finish up mls and then we will get to that but yeah you got shit, you got shithousery you've got drama you've got 
insane things happening. What, what DC coming back after being down a man two yeah. out, down a man and two goals down coming back to draw. Um, you had Colorado, I believe, level when they were down to nine before they finally lost. I mean, these things don't happen, and it's and you've got a huge blue wall. A huge blue wall. You've got um, the five G cam, the and the tactical cam. I do. I'm. I like. I'm I like not gonna a lot watch of things it. I don't. Doing. I, I, I'm not going to watch a game with it, but I do like when they they cut to it and they want to sh- show you things. You know, when they want to break down a goal that they can see coming off of that tactical cam that you can't see on a regular camera level, and it, I, I'm there. I'm there for it. So. Yeah, that is one of the very best things about seeing a game in person is that you can watch the whole thing and you can't do it on TV. And a tactical cam really helps with that. I, I like I, I, I remember uh, Garber talking about he was excited about all the things that they were going to get to try. And I do think that the league has done an awesome job experimenting in a time when um, it it sucks that we can't go. It's, it's unfortunate, but they, they, they're like, we're going to try some stuff. And you know what? Like they, they put the enormously oversized Adidas logo at midfield. We all gasped and they shrunk that thing down a little bit and we're all used to it now. And I guess I'm guessing that's here to stay. And it's funny is I know you're I, when I flip over and watch baseball, it's the same ideas that MLS is doing with marketing everywhere with the, the Adidas logo with the extra patches on the uniform, so on and so forth. I hate to say it, MLB is doing the same thing. Yeah. For the same reasons. You had a lot of companies pay a lot of money this year that aren't getting value. Watching a Cubs spring tra- summer league game or summer training game against the Sox and seeing Sloan Park or Sloan all over everything on the on the pitcher's mound, an advertisement on the pitcher's mound? But you gotta yeah. make, you gotta make gotta they gotta on. make it they've gotta make it as right yeah. as they can and I understand that do I am I a fan of it I know Paul Lucas from UniWatch is cringing and he's hating every but you know what this is a year that none of this was expected you've got to try and do the right thing and I feel that is doing the right thing is it commercial as hell is it a sellout of course it is but that's a lot of money that these companies are that these teams are getting from these companies they've got to try and do the make it right and I'm I'm not. I, I, I'm fine with it. I think, you know, and will, does that mean a lot of it's going to carry on? Probably. And will we get used to it? It doesn't hurt the game on the field. So of course we're going to get used to it. Just like we're going to get used to the commercial, the commercial break in the middle of the, at about 30, 30th minute in the 75th minute for water breaks. I mean, we're just going to get used to it. It doesn't bother. It doesn't bother me either. You know, you know what I actually really enjoy is the, and I, I wasn't a, person who was majorly against the fake crowd noise i thought it was kind of we talked about it like i thought yeah. it was kind of um just kind of comforting you know it's fake mm-hmm. but it makes it sound like it's a real thing and um with those with those tarps that they put up especially the really cool ones that they put up in um in like england uh it, it gives some color to the stadium it almost looks like the real thing I, I, you know la liga's thing was stupid with the cgi but sure um i really enjoy no fake crowd noise in MLS. I like hearing them yell at each other. I like hearing Raphael Wiki yell at people in three different languages. 
I, I like I love the I love the dump button that has to be used. Yes, I like also, it you all. get the plank, and I, I think that was mm-hmm. that was one of my favorite things. It was the and it was the Seattle game, of course, with the fire, and they hit the and, and then my my son my son turns he goes dad he's like dad why are they why did the sound cut out I'm like well can you hear the players he's like yeah I said they're saying words you can't hear oh and now every time every now every time dad they're saying things I can't hear I'm like I know yep. <laughs> so it's awesome and and I think um and things you shouldn't hear or shouldn't see let, let I want to wrap up MLS with this and it's speaking of shithousery and trolling not only did Vancouver get the last laugh on the scoreboard, yep, they got the last laugh on Twitter today. And if anybody hasn't seen it, go check it out on the Vancouver feed. They 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 trolled the fire because the fire stole their logo with with the with the cat's anus. And I thought it was awesome trolling. Um, I, I is it is it accurate? No, but is it far from? It, it was. I thought it was really damn funny. And I thought, you know what? You might as well go with it after you've already you already stole you know the soul of the fire. You might as well kick them again while they're down. And I I, I was all for it. I thought Vancouver did a great job with that trolling. And you know what? They won the game. They get to go on the fire. Get to go home. You might as well kick them again. So wow, that was a and that was a rough that was a rough the rough part of the day. Hey, I got a segue for you. Sure. Have you bought a Bianca St. George's jersey yet? I have not bought, bought a Bianca St. George's jersey, but I did have a better segue, I think, than that, because I was going to go to, I, I, you know, I did, and it was because we we're going to lead into the NWSL. I was going to start with the other Twitter feed, which ultimately was blocked by the Chicago Red Stars, was the Orlando Pride. The Orlando Pride, of course, the team that couldn't play, they've been, the entire tournament, they've been picking a team that they're going to support. They're going to be a stand, they're going to be fans of that team for that game. They're going to stand them. as the They're going say. to stand them, Yes. I had to look that up at one point. Not long I was ago. quite sure. I had to. I had to have that explained to me as well. And it became their success level. Let's just say was less than good through most of the tournament. They were. It was a curse in the quarterfinal rounds. Every team that they stand lost. They went four for four in the quarterfinals. So when the semifinals came around, they were standing Houston and the Red Stars. And the Red Stars were so nervous about this, they wound up blocking Orlando for the game. <laughs> they legitimately did. Now, that said, who were the two teams in the finals? If that was Just, Joe, props to you, Joe, for making that decision. That's whoever made awesome. that decision, it was awesome. And Orlando played it up. They go, it, it really doesn't have to be this way. And yet, here we are. And who are the two teams in the final? The Houston Dash and the Chicago Red Stars. The Red Stars... From a game finally on grass at Rio Tinto last night, a three to two win. That man, it, it, it was emotionally exhausting. You that two, was um. You yeah, have two was... goals in eleven minutes. The third goal in the sixtieth minute, and then in about the seventieth minute, Sky Blue comes back with two in five minutes, and then it's like, holy crap. It's no way. time at that point. Yep. As, as it, uh, Men and Blazers, squeaky bum time. Is that what they call it? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, that was, and that was so unexpected because honestly, I, I you know, when the, 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 quarter the, the quarterfinals were dreadful, they had yeah. one goal, one, four games, yeah. one goal. Yeah. That, that's games, one goal. I like that 
North Carolina lost. I, I liked that there were that was the one other upsets. That was the one. That was the one goal. Um, but I, the quarterfinals were, were, were hard to watch and I like defense and I can get into a zero, zero game sometime, but when they're zero, zero over and over and over again, and then the next, the first semifinal is only one, nothing. You start to wonder, you know, we've got the red stars entering the semifinals with two goals in five games. And then they go score three goals in that in that game in the first within the first hour, three goals in the first hour, including, like I said, two in the first 11 minutes Two in the first 11. And it was it was amazing to see. Yeah, that they over over more than doubled their total and they move on to the finals. Um, Just but then then to hold on and to find out. And I I feel like the shocking part, Julie Ertz is, in fact, human. Yeah, I did wow. not know. I did not know that. With the, she has been. It just again, you talk. You know, like Willie was saying, and that that and you shouldn't, and that's why you don't do that or whatever. Um, you watch Julie Ertz. If you want to be a, a center back, you watch the way she plays. You watch with the confidence she plays. You watch with her positioning. You watch. It's like she knows when to step in, when to play back, where to put her, put everybody for the most part. Um, and to see her give up the own goal where she cleared the ball with her left right into her right right shin and right back into past Alyssa Nair. It kind of fit in with the night, though. <laughs> it was bizarre in that sense. Yeah. Yep. And the first and the first goal was not much better. And I know Rory and his pre- post game presser, he was not happy with it at all. He. Uh, Zoe Goralski got caught on the post instead of pulling up left, left of um, Vine is on on side, and that's what brought him back in the game. And again, you, we, we we were talking about San Jose in possession. Sky Blue finished with about sixty five percent possession in that game. Wow! And that and that it was sixty almost sixty in the it was sixty in the first half, and I think the final was sixty five percent. I wouldn't have guessed it was that high, although I did figure they had more of the ball. That's that's I, see. Especially after the first 20 minutes, it felt that way. And the second half felt that way because the Red Stars, when they had it, was counter. I, the better of the chances seemed to be coming from the Red Stars, but the possession was predominantly the, sky. The like, count, the, yeah, the counters were just so direct all the time from the but Red that, Stars. It was, that was it the was openings. Just, yeah, yeah. It was just dribble down their throat for five or six seconds. It was bizarre honestly um but it, that you're right that's that's where the openings were so go there i suppose but it was a, it was a very weird game to watch i'm not complaining it was fun but um sure it was and now you know i i, I wonder how rory's going to try to be the underdog in this one here's here's the interesting thing and and I've seen it on Twitter, and I and I did actually know pick this up when they, I saw the brackets, the the knockout brackets come out. When the when the the whistle blows to start the game with the Houston Dash, the Red Stars will have played every team in the tournament. Their knockout three knockout games are the three teams they did not play in the group yeah. in the stages. And this was the only way it could happen, and that's how it had to work. Huh. Like it. it when they were playing all rain, it had to be Red Star or Sky Blue with the upset over Washington, and then it had to be Houston making the final on the other side because the other teams yeah. the Red Stars had all seen. And here and here we are. 
And then I believe the other great stat that came out of last night was the second Portland loss. It was going to be a first time champion. Right. Yeah, Stars have never won Sky Blue. Houston yep. has never won. I don't believe Houston's played in a knockout game prior to. Is this the this is this the league? We we don't know if there's going to be games in local markets. Although with I, I don't suspect there will be. Um, are we calling this the league champion, or is I, you are know they're still going to have that asterisk that they've never won the? I I feel like it's going to have to. It has to be almost in in the sense of. But saying not, that it is admits that there will not be in-market soccer in 2020 after this. Correct. And it's, you know, the, and the league is, and we've talked about it on the show before, and I know you and I have talked about it, prior, but when the league announced the Challenge Cup, Andrew Doss from the New York Times came out and said, yes, this is it. And then yes. you you reached out to the Red Star, and then next thing, you, or Andrew, between you and Andrew Doss, you're reaching out to the to the league, and the league is now backtracking, saying, "Oh no, 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 there might be." Yeah, everybody was kind of not not pointing out the fact that the soccer reporter at the New York Times was saying that the it was it, and and I'm like, I know he's got this from somewhere. He's he's a good reporter. He's not making this up. And no. so I I kind of made it a big deal on Twitter to point out that look, Andrew Doss is saying this. We should probably listen to him. And then the league backed down after that point. Um, but if, if, if you're the league, the, the league has had some um, PR problems, I would argue. Um, putting on a press release with a glaring unanswered question and then not immediately answering it is a big problem. Announcing, announcing the tournament at 6 in the morning central time yeah, is a without, problem. Without giving a heads up to your beat reporters as much as they are yeah south south side trap didn't know about it obviously us at hot time didn't know about it i don't believe the tribune or the sun times knew about it i mean i mean to say that we didn't know we knew we knew utah we knew a lot of details that were were leaked but just all of a sudden just here we are you know it's just and and with two new sponsors and here it goes and and it's i kind of feel like the whole tournament has been a mess from their standpoint, whether we're going to do news conferences on Twitch here, and then we're going to do it on zoom here. And then we're going to take your questions and record video here. And like, it, it was, it's, it's, it is from a, from a reporter standpoint. And I get it. We're these, these are first world problems, Yeah, but it, but it, it has been a challenge. You, it you have to go on. It. No, you, cause you have to go on Slack and for post game players, you have to request the players via post game Slack. And then they pick the players and up until this round, it was interviews on Twitch that you had to put the questions in through what is it, box.com. And then they had their on-site reporter ask the questions. And while they're doing that, they're then Zooming the coach's press conference. So if you're trying to get... At the same post- time. Correct. It blows my... I, I, yeah, NWSL, get it together. Do better. <laughs> you want you coverage. Need to, you need you to do better. You. Yes. We want to cover you. Make it a little bit easier for everybody. It's stuff like that is, 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 and I, they didn't to their credit the, in the semifinal, everybody was on zoom for you. Was that correct? When you correct. talked to everybody, them last night, everybody was on zoom. Correct. That's so much better and so much easier. And, and, uh, and, but I, I, I gotta ask you, uh, ask you a question. And this is because I, I'm not, I'm new at this in these zoom press conferences. Specifically, this is the one a couple games ago. I, had a question, got to ask Rory, had a follow-up, 
But they cut me off and ended the press conference before I could even ask my follow-up question. I get it, I'm the last question. But at the same time, are they really in that much of a hurry? Yeah, that's kind of typical. Is it? Okay. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I've never covered anything on Zoom before in my life until this pandemic. But Mm -hmm. um, in, in other press conferences, they it's there's a last question that the PR guy will, will, or woman will say, you know, last question. And then, um, all right, thanks. And, and pull the coach out or pull the player out. Um, yeah. So it's kind of the E version of that. So I, yeah, I think that that's right. That's pretty fair. fair. Yeah. You, and you've it, always, you always got more questions that you want to ask. It, it could, they got to pull them out at some point, but I, I suppose, but I, these press conferences have been two and three questions and that's it. They've been very quick. Yeah, they have been. Seems... And I believe and... last night, the, between the two coaches that I had on one recording, it was less than 12 minutes for both coaches. And most of that was Rory. Because the one thing I will say about Rory James, I love his press conferences because he'll he'll talk. Dude's it's, interesting, it's, isn't he? He's fascinating. And his yeah. answers are not one in two words. And if you're a soccer nerd, you will love yeah. them because he get, he dives so deep into tactics and so deep into player psychology a lot more than you would expect a coach in a press conference, but he he gets into the weeds about it and talking on, on tactically how he wants to do things and how they were done. And this tournament has been peak Rory Dames, I'm going to say. And I and I want to I want to get your feedback on. And the he reason played, why I he said played rope a dope with the whole league. Well, he didn't though, because he came out and said, "I'm going to rotate my yeah, players." These first did. three He's games, the these first three games are preseason games. Yep, we have. Hard cutoff times. Everybody played. Didn't everybody? Played. Everybody played. It's Every, it's. I it, I want to say, Bingham was the only one I think that's there that has Julia Bingham and because I think Cassie Miller played the second half of the second game. She was the I, third goalkeeper. I believe she played the second. Yeah, half. she did. She did. Yes, they. they but played I believe both Julia Boyd. Bingham is. I believe Julia yeah. Bingham. Other other than the injured players that are out there. Um, Kiernow's only played a hat, played 30 minutes the entire tournament. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the roster right now, so bear with me. And I think what's fascinating about this. The larger term, point is almost everybody's played. Like he, he did really rotate the crap out of everybody. He and, did. But and found it's, Bianca it's, St. George through that process. Like, and he. Trial by fire process. It's great. Well, it's great because you're looking at a team that. Casey Short was a last late scratch yesterday because she picked up a knock in training or warmups or something like that and didn't play. Um, more, you know, Morgan's gone home or Morgan's already done. Um, Tierna, like I said, 30 minutes and done. Yuki's gone. I mean, so his idea, I think, was to get some of these younger players like Bianca, like Zoe Goralski, who who gave 75 really good, you know, Savannah. Savannah McCaskill giving 80 minutes last night, you know, Katie Johnson going 90 minutes last night. These were not the players he expected to play. These are the ones he wanted to get in and in, in these early games that didn't matter anyway to get him exposure. And then it sounded like he was like, like an early round FA cup or us open cup game. You're going to get your bench. You're going to get your squad rotation or some of your younger players, a chance to play. And then when it comes down time for money games, you're going to bring your starters out. He hasn't been able to do that. And yet they're still going on. And that's where it comes back to because Julie Ertz is another level. She truly is. She dominates the back of the game. Sky Blue had 65% possession. Their chances weren't. It wasn't Nair standing on her head. Nair was making saves she had to make. 
Nair is an amazing goalkeeper, but these were not saves that were, oh my gosh, look at this save. It was saves you would expect Alyssa Nair to make. Mm-hmm. And that tells me their organization defensively is outstanding. And that, and that starts with that starts with Julie Ertz. That starts with Sarah Gordon next to her. Bianca St. George on the right side. And then at the end, switching sides. Yeah. And, you know, when um when they brought Goralski when they brought Goralski off and brought Sharples on, they had to switch side. They switched her and and Kaylee over to the other side because that was the side Sky Blue was attacking. Sky Blue was attacking on the right, so they moved um Bianca and Kaylee over to the to that left side and you know what was the quote there was a in one of your recent stories and I think sure. it was in your most recent one somebody mentioned that Juliet's sees the game so well that she's calling out instructions to her teammates and putting them in position a few seconds before things are happening therefore preventing bad things from happening one of the other play and I can't remember if it was in your story or if I heard it somewhere else but but I thought that was fascinating that she's she's that it, it's not she's it's great but she's that tactically aware to that point where she's basically a coach on the field it's not a quote it's not something I've quoted I, I know it's not anything I, but it, it's an observation I know I have watched and I know it's a way I, I've you know from watching the game I may have referenced it but I don't believe that's mine um, but she 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 does she sees it why is she playing in the in the back because she controls the game back there you mm-hmm. can't you, you Rory said this after the North Carolina game we're hard to break down and he's not wrong you cannot it is hard to get through that back line on the other side on the, however they scored three goals it was wonderful and it was but, nice yeah yeah they I don't think everything's fixed because they scored three goals in one game. It's encouraging. It's encouraging. Um, it is encouraging. But it, it, the way they scored the three goals, the first one was St. George. St. George with that spin move, that vicious spin move, and then, the you know, and getting it has, in, in the middle. She has sass. She does. Flair, attitude. I mean, just – and they asked her last night about her confidence level. Was it because of the goal and – and she said, absolutely, you know, it doesn't hurt. But she has said that this team doesn't allow you to lack confidence. Like, this team is, that's the nature of that team all the way through. Um, to watch Kalia getting into space time and time again, and then Cross is going six, we, there, there's, an, there's some things to be fixed there. Rachel Hill, yes, she got the second goal. She is, yeah. That, that that sums up my thoughts. She has crossing issues, a la Fabian Herbers. Yes, a lot of clunkers, a lot yeah. of them to a lot of them out of bounds, a lot of them right yeah. to the goalie, a lot of them to nowhere, nowhere in particular. And, but again, had you told me a team without Morgan, without Yuki, that Tierna was only going to play a half, that Casey Short was going to sit out the semifinal. <laughs> It's going to make the final. Would you have, what would you, you're laughing. Would you, am I wrong though? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, well, the, I guess the only argument you can make for that happening is that there are eight teams and it's a very quick tournament. So yeah, you're instant. you're everybody's through to the quarterfinal and then it's, you know, two wins and you're in the final. 
Um, so I guess maybe, but I, I would have said no, they would have lost to a Washington Spirit or a North Carolina Courage, and uh, their dream would be over. But if it was, in fact, their dream of winning the NWSL Challenge Cup, um, I assume it is. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, they were, they were, they're there, and, and they might be offensively terrible in the final, too, and they might still win. And and that and that's the thing you said. Well, you're there. You might as well win it. And I'm guessing that's going to be the same philosophy with the MLS's back cup. You can the Carabao Cup that you and Chris are such wonderful fans of. You're there. You might as well win the damn thing. The FA Cup. Once you get to the the later stages, you're there. You might as well win the damn thing. Rory treated this as a Carabao Cup. He really he treated did. This as Pep Guardiola would treat the Carabao Cup. The the kids played. They got their their tape. They got their uh, runouts. They they learned, you know, got some experience. And then in the later rounds, he kind of buckled it down, and and now he's going to go try to win it. But that's kind of the and that's the funny part is he didn't have the buckling it down was not the players he would have expected to buckle. Like if he had run out Yuki and Morgan yeah. and Tierna, okay, this team making the final, you expect but they're all that. Hurt. But they're not playing. Exactly. Yeah. And and they might not be, like he said, they may not be hurt, hurt. Like if this was, Mm -hmm. if, if, if this was, you know, the uh, Tokyo Olympics, would Morgan Bryan or Morgan Gautreau be uh, not playing? Maybe she would be playing, but it's maybe not worth it to win the NWSL Challenge Cup. But I don't know. Maybe she will. He seemed to think they were both shut down for everything, but. Maybe they won't be. I don't know. So I don't know. Are they still in the bubble? Uh, I think Morgan's husband is one of the coaches, so I don't think so they would they, have left. They, they wouldn't have. They would not have left, right? Yeah. And he did. And he did and say Yuki's last paint, night. Yuki's painting everybody, from what I can tell online. So correct. I think and she's still did, there too. But he did say last night, Casey, the decision on Sunday to play will come from Casey. She will make okay. that call, is what he said. He goes, "That'll be her decision." So. I, he said, and I think it was the same thing. If this was a game to get into the NWSL playoffs or the semifinal or the NWSL, she would have played. This is the NWSL Challenge Cup. He's not giving it that he. They're playing it cautious. They don't want p- these players hurt long term. For I mean, I, I guess that answers our question then. If if this he, is the NWSL, if we're considering this the league championship or not, he doesn't seem to be. Oh, but is, but is, however, is this Rory just being Rory? Yeah, there's also that. It's you know. Again, speaking of shithousery, his his yeah. his is downplaying everything. Is is that's the way he is. I mean, he's a master of that, and it, it's outstanding. But but the answer to the question that we've kind of let off this off with is this the season? I mean, there was reports today that Sam Lewis and um, and Roosevelt. and Roosevelt are mulling contract off uh, that Meg Linehan had that are they're mulling a con- one year contracts with Man City's women's team to go play. Yep. And Vlatko can't throttle your minutes over there. No, and and, and we didn't even talk about that. <laughs> Is this tournament for real or not? When the U.S. women's national team coach says she that Rose can only play thirty minutes. So it, weird. It's bizarre. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand how. I understand that 
you know, U.S. soccer is Rose Lavelle's employer, technically, and not sure. the Washington Spirit. So much like Chelsea would say, no, we're not releasing Christian Pulisic for the U23 Olympic qualifier. Um, Vladko can, I guess, say that this is what you're going to do. Um, it's it's a weird look, and I don't think it's necessarily good for the league, but um, it was it was a terrible look, and yeah, and and yeah. Richie and Richie Burke made sure that everybody knew about it, and yeah. I'm guessing I'm guessing Young Rose was probably not happy with that either, because I believe she seems like she wants to play every game possible. It can be a pickup game or whatever. Yeah. That. Uh, you, you don't make that. You don't have Richie Burke make that quote and, if and, the player is is fine with that decision. I I don't think that was the case, but it, it, it did, does. I said this. I said this to Alex Campbell the other day when I did his show. It, mm-hmm. What are you saving her for? There are no games. The Olympics got pushed back a year, if not more. Yeah, this, there's nothing now. The, the the women's national team isn't playing now. I mean, they can't they can't get out of here. <laughs> they, I, 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 they don't get out of here normally, but they play 90 percent of their games in the U.S. as it is, I guess. But sure. they would need a, a team to come agree to play an American team in a time when we're losing at COVID. So I don't think that's going to be happening. I, I, which does raise another question. If Rose and... Sam Hughes decide to go to Man City, will they be able to leave? Uh, yes, I, I think so. I have a friend who plays, she played for the Red Stars, and she plays now in, in uh, Denmark. And um, okay. the answer is yes, you can go because it's a work issue and not okay. a leisure issue. You just okay. have to, your, your team will have to basically do the appropriate paperwork to get you over there. And imagine they quarantine before, after, so on and so forth everywhere. I would, I would suspect. Okay, so it is doable, but it, to me, it raises a larger question, really, in the sense of, so, it looks like if this happens, according to what Meg's reporting, and if Meg is saying it, it's probably true, that Sam and Sam Lewis and Roosevelt are looking at one-year deals. What about losing players permanently to Europe? Is that a possibility? Now, are we looking at an exodus? I think. That that will only happen when the money is greater over there, and then mm-hmm. yes, it will happen, and that will be bad, bad, bad for the league, because I, I don't think that a NWSL without women's national team players is a sustainable thing at this point. Maybe it will be as it continues to grow. Maybe it will be down the road, but you essentially have the women's version of MLS if all the stars left. Okay. You know, I, I don't know that that is, I, I, I don't think it'd be very cool. Cause I, I think that one of the things I enjoy about watching the end of USL is right now, I think it is still the best women's league in the world. And uh, if all of the women's national team players go chase money at Chelsea mm-hmm. and Man City and um, the European clubs, when they wake up and start spending more money, like they are on women's soccer um i don't think that's a good thing for our domestic league but and that and, and that's think, kind of, and that's kind yeah. of my bigger question pat is is this the opportunity for those leagues to do that because they know this is it for nwsl this year 
that there's a chance they may not be ready next year. And meanwhile, they get to play yeah. an entire season. I mean, if you're if you're looking, if you want I mean, to build your women's seen team this before. We, okay. we saw, I mean, Carly went and played at Man City for a year, and and um, Morgan Bryan and Alex Morgan both played for Lyon briefly, I right? I know I Morgan Bryan was like very that. brief, and Alex Morgan was there, and I I don't for think they enjoyed season. it, and they came back. But we've we've seen our our women's national team players go play in Europe, but um, I feel like this feels different. I feel like there's going to be a point where they're like, yeah, we're not under we're making more money. And I feel like in, in a big, big, big picture sense, it would be great for women's soccer because you'd have more money and you'd have more prestige and you'd have these big, big clubs that already have big, big names that can, you know, put that brand around the world. Um, I, I, so I think that, you know, if, if, I mean the big, the whole salary fight comes down to the greater point that, men's players make a hell of a lot more at their clubs than women's players. And so it doesn't matter to the men as much, right? Like for the women, it matters what their national team salary is because that's their salary. It's for a men. It's like a, for Christian Pulisic, I don't think the five grand he gets for playing a men's national team game really affects his life all that much. So, um, but yeah, if, if, if the stars are going to Europe, it's going to suck for our domestic league. And I don't know, maybe it kills the domestic league. Maybe it doesn't, but um, for the women's game, especially when you have, I mean, imagine when you have Argentina coming online and going, Oh, women are people too. They can play soccer or you have, you know, more Brazilian stars. You have more um, stars from African countries. You have more stars from Asian countries right now. It's basically, the United States, Canada, Northwest Europe, Australia, you know, Japan and a few other countries. And and when you have like Mexico, imagine the imagine more Mexican national team uh, women's stars. Like it, it's sure it's going to be uh, that's where it needs to be to be equal is, is if, if all those countries are fully online and not chauvinist. Pigs. Ship bags, yeah. Ship bags. Yeah. We'll call we'll call it for what it we'll call it yeah. for what it is at this point. Yeah. And and I'm and I'm and as much as I agree, I want the NWSL to see, succeed. I love the Red Stars. I I in that and but if if there's something that can put more money in more players' pockets and give them better quality of opportunities yeah. for training and whatever, because you now it's not it and it's not there in England yet. The training isn't there. But if they ever bring the training up to the level of their men's teams, yeah, you're going to go. And yeah. And you know what? Like even there's like little things, you know, mm-hmm. the, the women are fighting this fight, right? They're they're, they're sure. talking about the women's national team. They're, they're suing for equality. Mm-hmm. And you, you have two tournaments going on that are incredibly similar. What NWSL and what MLS are doing. Mm-hmm. And then the women are playing on turf. Right, because they can get. I don't. I like MLS would not play this tournament on turf. I don't think they might. They have some teams that do, but. And I believe um, the, if you want to take this a step further, make it even more interesting. They, I believe every practice facility was on grass. Every practice site for these teams were grass fields. I think that's correct. And then the, we should point out the semifinal and final are on grass, but. 
um, at Rio Tinto. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, I have to play a turf on that field. It's just like, really? But now, now that said, turf fields, as years go by, they get, they do get better. They get better. Yeah. I can't say I noticed a ton of difference sliding except for sliding. Yeah. If you're playing on turf, (laughs) you wear, you wear the sliding shorts and so on and so or else you get scratched to hell. I'm a goalie. I've played on turf. Guess what? You wear the sliding shorts. You don't get bruised all to hell and beaten up from it. Um, I believe somebody pointed out uh, one of the red stars reporters that that's in the know Julie Ertz when they're on turf always wears pants unless it's game day. There's a reason for that, and that's part of it. it like I said, it's, she's always wearing pants, and well, that probably plays a part in it, you know. So, um, so yeah. It, so we got the final Sunday. Uh, we got the the fire going home. Do we have they? How close are they to knowing what the next step is? They're definitely uh, in discussions about it, and they definitely want to do it. I know those two things for sure. I, I strongly suspect the Canadian situation is uh, something they're going to need to work out, because mm-hmm. unless you're just going to pull those three teams down and have them play in maybe you have them play in St. Louis and Charlotte and Sacramento, or maybe you have them or Austin. Maybe you have them just kind of get those teams you, warmed up. Maybe, maybe you put you them all really in. Want, would you really want them in Austin right now? No, I <laughs> no. Yeah. but um, I, I think that there are a lot of details that are going to have to work out. I, I do think there will be something in local markets this year. Do you, do you see it playing out? Like more like what you're seeing in England and Germany, that even in local markets they pretty much stay locked down for the most part, and you haven't had any issues. Or do you? Would you see this playing out more like what you're seeing in USL that you've got games being canceled? I think there's two games this week. There was two games last week that were canceled because a player or a staff member on one of the teams tested positive the day before, you know, the day before a day of testing. I, I. I just think that's a bad idea. I think it's a bad. I, it would. I. Th- I believe the idea would work. You're. But you're, I believe. But, but I believe they're taking a lot of unnecessary risks at, with USL. And this, I mean, I wanted to touch this very quickly. Is you watch a game on U, these USL games when they do have crowds, and they're not wearing masks. The NFL came out today and said, if you are, if you are going to have attendance. And I believe the Giants and Jets will not, for example. I believe even the Raiders are looking at not. Probably the same with the L.A. teams. you got that huge $4 billion stadium that Kroenke built that's not going to have fans in it the first year. Oh, but poor Kroenke. Sa- I'm sure he'll sure pull from Arsenal's or, budget for that. Sure. But the NFL came out today and said, if you are coming into our stadium, you will wear a mask. And you will have a temperature check. I'm willing to wager USL is not doing that with every game. And I can guarantee they don't have masks because I've watched, we talked about this last year, but again, put the damn mask on because that's why these games are going to wind up being suspended, postponed, and you're not going to get to see these games. We've already screwed up schools. We've already screwed up college football. Put the goddamn mask on. Okay, I'm done. So, all right, what else you got going for hot, coming up at hot time, Pat? Is there anything else you want to summarize with this week? Uh, there will be a story tomorrow in the morning. Okay. And it will be newsworthy. It'll be newsworthy. Okay. 
So we'll, I'll look forward to that. So everybody, if you're reading, listening to this, it's probably already out there. Definitely yeah. go look at Hot Time in Old Town. Like I said, Pat's got Pat and Ruben are have the fire pretty well covered. Um, I hold my. I'm starting to hold my own with the Red Stars coverage. Um, you're doing a good little job. I'm getting there. For for yeah. somebody who who has never really been a good re- done reporting, it, it it's been an interesting learning curve. Um, 1,200 word write ups on a post game probably is a little overkill, but I when I get into it, I do enjoy doing it. And then if you're listening to this on Friday, or if you're listening after this, definitely go tomorrow or Friday night. I'm going to be on the Our Cup of Tea podcast with um with Edson from down in the valley and we're going to be talking about the nws edson ochoa from down in the valley it's a uh rio grand valley sc houston dash houston uh houston dynamo podcast and i've, I've had edson on this show before he it, he's great but we're going to go on the our cup of tea podcast and we're going to break down the nwsl final so that should be a lot of fun um go check that one out like i said i can be found at tj zaremba um or you can definitely go to Hot Time in Old Hot Time Old Town, and you can mock the crap out of us there. He's at Patrick McCraney's. and if there's nothing else or one, I think at this point you're done. Yeah.